there. This is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. Hey everybody, Carrie here with you today, either Carrie Schaefer or Carrie Ann King. You get to decide what you're going to call me because I get to be both people, which is really awesome. Before I introduce today's guest, I do want to do a little bit of self-promo and let those Carrie Schaefer fans among you know that I am finally releasing book three in the Shadow Valley series. So we actually have a date for Dead Before Dinner, and it will be out in the world on July 13, because, you know, I thought the 13th was a great day for kind of the sort of story that Maureen always gets herself into. If you're familiar with the Shadow Valley books, you know that they're set in a retirement community that is like no other with secret passages and scary things that go bump in the night and a whole bunch of humor. So be watching for that. And now I get to tell you about today's guest. Her name is Colleen Oakley, and I came to her through her book, which was sent to me for review, and I fell in love with this. I, okay, title first. The book is called The Invisible Husband of Frick Island. So like, right, straight off the top, guys, what is not to love about a book with that title? Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you more about it in a little bit. And Colleen is going to read from the book. I want to introduce Colleen to you. So I'm going to just tell you a little bit about her. She is a USA Today bestselling author of several books. You were there too, close enough to touch before I go. And now we have The Invisible Husband of Frick Island. Colleen's novels have been long listed for the Southern Book Prize twice and close enough to touch won the French Reader's Prize. Oh, I'm going to have to ask her about that. The French, it probably has nothing to do with French. I, I just, okay, we're going to talk about it though. Her books have been translated into 21 languages, optioned for film, and have received numerous accolades. And that is all that I'm going to talk because I want to get Colleen on here to talk to you. So here she comes right now. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me on. Thank <laughs> you for joining me. Oh, I just made you really, really big somehow on my screen. I, <laughs> there we go. I don't know. If <laughs> that was fun. So <laughs> I didn't warn you about the close-up, right? <laughs> Okay, so here we are, and here you are, and before I forget, because I am going to forget this, the French prize, it probably has nothing to do with Le Francais, right? Is it just actually, named after it does. it actually does, so it's a reader's prize given in France, so, so close enough to touch, a few of my books have been translated and published in France, and this was a big prize that, like, really big authors, like Jojo Moyes, Cecilia, oh. have won and when I was nominated, I was like, there's no way I'm going to win this. And I actually won. Like, readers in France vote on, on these books. And I was floored. And I had to give, you know, I, did, I didn't go, but I gave, like, a little video acceptance speech. And I, my French, I mean, is non-existent. I was like, bonjour. And now you know why I'm giving this acceptance in French. Oh, how exciting. It was wow. very, very exciting. Fun. So it was translated in French and yeah. 
Yes, not by me. <laughs> yeah, clearly not. That would, that would be interesting. I do speak a little bit of French, so I'm always fascinated by these things. Um, but that is so cool. That is just very cool. It's a big highlight of my career. <laughs> I can imagine. So how fun. And you've had lots of other awards, so it's not the only one. Um, but right now, before we go any further, I want to talk about the book. Okay. Of the book. So first of all, you have a copy, so you have to show us. <laughs> People, I do not have a physical copy of this book. I was supposed to have one, but it did not come to me, so I read it. I have, I inhaled it on my Kindle. I just love this book. So um, yeah. it's called The Invisible Husband of Frick Island. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just trying to think. <laughs> I, want, I have so many questions. So for starters, tell us about the book. What's the yeah. premise of this book? What's going so, on? This book is about a young widow named Piper who lives on a very, very small island in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay called Frick Island. There are about 97 other people that live on this island. And she was young in love with her uh, very young husband. They got married very early. And her husband is a waterman, like, like most men on this island. They fish and crab in order to make their living. Her husband, unfortunately, met his demise out in the middle of the bay in a freak thunderstorm one day. And Piper was in such grief and denial about this loss that she woke up one day and continued to live her life as though Tom, her husband, was still right beside her, talking to him, walking him down to the docks where she would you know, walk him to work every morning. And the townspeople aren't quite sure what to do with this. And they decide the best thing to do is go along with it. So because that's, that's the really fun part. It's a trick, right? <laughs> <laughs> and before we go any further, okay, is that where the name of the island came from? <laughs> because this is so strange. People, that would have been very smart of me to like come up with this clever phrase and then name the island. <laughs> I came up with the island first and then I thought, oh, what the frick? <laughs> For this very quirky book. So, so the town's going along with it. It's all fine and well because it's a very remote, isolated island. I mean, there's not people coming and going until this very ambitious reporter named Anders comes to the island to cover a different story, this fluff piece. And he, in fact, finds this very fascinating story of an entire town interacting with a man who does not actually exist. Right. And we don't want to tell people any more than that because they have to read the book to find out the rest. Like, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, Anders, I, I do have to say, Anders, <laughs> poor Anders, he, he just is walking. He has no idea what he's walking into. No, it is a whole new world. It's a complete fish out of water, pun intended, story for him. Yes, and he <laughs> is not, he is not island. Um, no, not no. an island laid back kind of guy. <laughs> no, no. So would you pretty please read us a little bit from that first chapter? I know, I believe you have a, a selection. I would love to. So um, just to set it up a little bit, this is the very beginning of the book, so no spoilers. Um, and in the beginning of the book is when the storm happens, Piper loses Tom. He's definitely, you know, not coming home and the whole town knows it, but Piper refuses to believe it. So this is where we are. The town has planned this whole memorial service and Piper just refuses to believe any of it. Piper missed the memorial service altogether, where Tom's mother, glassy-eyed and catatonic, stood propped up by her brother Frank on one side 
and her nephew Steve on the other, and the Valium that had been pumping through her veins daily since her husband's aptly named heart attack, the Widowmaker, had made good on its promise. Where Tom's cousin Steve's newborn interrupted the Reverend with her insistent squalls, eyes screwed shut tight, giving voice to the pain the watermen were too stoic to show. Everyone asked after Piper, murmuring their condolences to every parish in attendance. Poor girl, they said, shaking their heads, offering various superlatives, too young, most in love, the worst. But Piper couldn't hear them. She was in her bedroom, staring at the dent Tom's head had left on his pillow when his alarm clock prompted him to get up at 4.30 a.m. two weeks earlier. Piper didn't dare touch it, not even to try to inhale his scent that surely remained on the floral cover. Nor did she touch Tom's near-empty mug of coffee sitting in the sink, a film of mold growing on the top layer of liquid still left in the cup. Or the book, Middlesex, by Jeffrey Eugenides, splayed open, pages face down, on top of the two wooden crates they stacked in the corner to use as a side table in their tiny den. It was as, as if all of these things, Tom's things, suddenly sprouted magical properties, transformed into talismans beckoning Tom back to where he belonged to his bed to sleep, to the kitchen to wash out his coffee mug and hang it on the hook next to the sink, to the threadbare easy chair in the den to find out what happens to the characters of his current novel. They weren't just reminders of Tom, they were promises. He was going to come home. Of that one thing, Piper was sure. And then one morning, just like that, he did. Wow. So, you know, right here. Okay. So I have a question I wasn't going to ask you, but now I am. Um, so be, be prepared, but uh -oh. <laughs> do, you have, do you have, this is a serious question, actually, do you yeah. have personal experience with grief? Because having been through several grief experiences myself, um, this setup right here of the objects that are left behind is so poignant and so moving and so descriptive. I just, um, I'm wondering if, you know, that's something that you've been through yourself or if you just you. were able to get there for your character. Yeah. So I fortunately do not have any experience with, um, you know, unexpected death mm -hmm. or grief. Mm -hmm. I, I did lose my grandmother as many people do. She was a best friend to me and it mm -hmm. was a very, very uh, tough time in my life. So grief in the in the natural sense that everybody experiences um, grief. But yeah, I just really dig deep and try to go there right. for what my characters are going yeah. through. Well, you really got there. And it was yeah. beautiful. One thing I do love about this book, if you know anything about my Carrie Ann King books, my I love mixing grief and humor and quirky all together in the same place. And so that was one of the things that I really loved about this book is because it made me laugh and cry and go, what the frick? <laughs> I love that you named the island that. Um, I do want to comment real quick. Christy Barrett is here. She says, nobody loves Frick Island as much as I do. Love my Colleen Oakley to bits. <laughs> We're glad you're here, Christy. We love you too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, that, that was me. I, Frick Island, though. Okay, so where did you come up with the name if it wasn't due to the very fun phrase? I, I actually remember I was driving my car home from my parents' house and ruminating on the story idea. I hadn't written anything yet, um, but I knew, you know, what the premise was going to be, and I was really excited about it. And the title came to me, The Invisible Husband of, and I just put in Frick Island. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in South Carolina and Fripp 
Island, F-R-I-P-P is a, is a island oh, okay. that everybody knows when you're in South Carolina. And so maybe it just sounded right because Frick and Fripp are so similar. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. As soon as I landed on it, I just said, yes, that is the name of my island. <laughs> and this is the title of my book. <laughs> I love when that happens. It's always yeah. so very fun. Now, the island, <laughs> the island is based on a real island, however. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that island? Yeah, so Smith Island, which a lot of people have probably never heard of, is an island off the coast of Maryland, smack in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay, and currently has probably 150 or 200 people on it. And it very much, I mean, Frick, there is a lot of similarities. I mean, I I really based Frick on Smith Island um, with a few tweaks, but, you know, people there fish and crab and and catch oysters for their uh, living. The island is sinking into the middle of the Chesapeake Bay, and nobody's quite sure what to do about that. And not everybody agrees that it's, you know, the causes of it. Um, It's just a really fascinating place. The people that live there are Americans like you and I, but their everyday existence is so vastly different from yours and mine. I mean, it's wild. It's really fascinating. And they're famous for cake. I, I have to bring this up because cake, I yes. cake want cake. And so they're very famous. So anybody who's heard of the island probably has heard of it because of the Smith Island cake, which is actually the state dessert of Maryland. Little wow. fun fact. <laughs> and Seven layers, right? 10 to 12, actually. It's a layer Lots and lots of layers of cake and lots of layers of frosting, which is my favorite part of cake. Exactly. How could you go wrong? Absolutely. And for people who are are interested, if you're a baker, the recipe is on my website. If you click on the Invisible Husband of Frick Island, you can find the original Smith Island cake recipe. And you can also, if you're not a baker like me and not feeling ambitious, you can order it from the Smith Island Baking Company. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Well, okay, so we all need to have cake. Um, You know, when I was reading the book and when I first heard of it, I could not help thinking about a movie that I'm really trying to remember and maybe you've seen it. So it's about a young man whose wife dies and he's absolutely devastated and not well and he gets a dummy, (laughs) like a mannequin. Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. love that movie. Yes. Yes. So that movie had a huge impact on me. And when I was um, beginning to write this book, I, of course, thought of that movie. And the the thing that I love about it and what I hope that I did in the book is the community aspect of that film. Everybody pulling together and showing their love and support for somebody who's going through a really tough time, mentally ill or not, you know. Right. And in, included his real girl in all of their, you know, invited her over. And it, it was and and it wasn't it was so beautifully done that it just I have little chills about that. Actually, that movie, I, it filled me up in the biggest emotional way. And you did that with the book, too. You did. You succeeded. Thank you, Thank you so much. So um, fun thing about Colleen is before she wrote books or maybe during the same time, actually, I don't know the timeline about that, but she used to be uh, in journalism and worked for magazines and did freelance work. And I'm really interested in that. I can't, 
I keep thinking I'm going to. It's like, all right, I should write some articles and I should pitch them and maybe that would get readers from it. But I like fiction very, very much. So I just never go there. So tell, tell us a little bit about that part of your life. Sure. Um, so I was a senior editor for Marie Claire magazine and an editor in chief for women's health and fitness. And I did, you know, I mean, I really ran the gambit of all kind of articles, health, fitness, sex and relationships, celebrities, um, all of that super fun stuff that seems really glamorous, but actually the work is not. <laughs> um, and then when I left the left New York and left the magazine business, I continued to freelance for a lot of the big women's magazines. And that was really fun. So now I heard from a little birdie that you might have kind of a fun story about that part of your life that you would be willing to share with us if I ask very nicely. Yes, it is a little embarrassing. So <laughs> when I was freelancing, I, I did a lot of, you know, women type stories, but I had a friend who was working for ESPN magazine. And at the time, Atlanta had a hockey team and she asked me if I would do a story and go interview some of these hockey players. And I said, look, I don't know anything about hockey. And she said, no, it's more about like their personal life and stuff. You'd be great. And I said, okay, well, I'll do it. Oh no, sorry. There was a car alarm in the parking lot. Um, so I, I said, great. I go to this, uh, you know, arena. I go into the locker room. Well, first of all, if you've ever, you could probably imagine any male athletic locker room when a female journalist walks in, they turn into like 10-year-old boys. They think it's hilarious to be naked. To oh, embarrass. sure. Yeah. I was wildly unprepared for that. And I just kind of froze. And then I tried to be cool. Like I had been there a million times because they think I'm a sports journalist. So I'm just keeping my, my eye line up, trying not to look at anybody. And I'm interviewing these guys, trying to pretend that I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know who they are and just trying to play it so cool. And I go up to like do my third interview and I ask this guy, hey, can I can I ask you a few questions? And he says, sure. And I start asking him these questions and everybody in the locker room starts snickering and laughing and I have no idea what's going on. And then finally he tells me that he's not actually a hockey player. He's basically <laughs> like the equipment manager. <laughs> and I just wanted to melt into the floor and go away because it was so apparent that I was way fish out of water should not have been there in the first place. Oh, no. So was the equipment manager also naked or was he like at least no, Everybody is like, that should have been your clue that you <laughs> hockey player. I, you know, <laughs> I, I would have just been, well, hey, I, I like the fact that he's clothed. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I was probably drawn to him. Like, let me talk to this guy. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really funny. And I'm sure that there was much laughter about it later. And they were very proud of their 10 year old selves. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> boys will be boys. Right. And it was brave of you to do that. <laughs> Never did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Not didn't change your line of work to just get yeah. into that. No, um, Christy would like you to know she is reminding us that she brought up Lars and the real girl the first time you guys talked about Invisible Island, um, yeah, <laughs> which is just <laughs> so great, so fun. So, Colleen, what's next for you? Are you working on a book right now? I am, and I'll just give the quick little elevator pitch because it's so fun. It's called The Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise. And it's about an 84-year-old woman named Louise, who is a suspected international jewelry thief. 
And Tanner is a college dropout who ends up taking care of Louise and they end up on the lamb together from the police. And Tanner's trying to figure out who Louise really is. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Frick Island was a lot of fun to write. Tanner and Louise was a lot of fun to write. So if I always say if readers have half as much fun reading these books as I had writing them, then I'm doing good. Right. Well, and I'm I'm totally with you. I have this huge belief, and and I say this when I talk to other writers that feel tortured by their work. I'm like, you know, there are, there are a lot easier ways to make money if, if you if you're not having fun. Why are you doing this thing, right? So true. So true. Um, I was telling Colleen backstage before she came on. My current, I can talk about this a little bit. So the novel I'm writing right now is temporarily and possibly permanently, who knows, called Improbably Yours. Oh, I like that title. I like it too. And it's about, it's a, it's about, it also features a fake island that I made up in the San Juans. So I recently got to go to the San Juans for a work trip. (laughs) (laughs) Big air quotes that we had so much fun. It was so awesome. But, um, yeah, so I I actually was reading, I had started my book before I read Colleen, so I'm not cheating. But then, <laughs> then I got her book and I was like, oh, really cool. Let me see how she did this. And then I owe her now for a couple of ideas that I had. So thank you for that. Well, I'm very excited to read that book, so I can't wait for it to be out. Well, me either. It's got, got some work to do. I'm kind of stuck in the middle right now. And then um, Annie's here. Hi, Annie. Annie loves the book too. Well, thank you. (laughs) So where can people find you online? Yes. So on uh, Facebook and Instagram, I am at writer Colleen Oakley. And on Twitter, just to mix it up, I'm at Oakley Colleen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to make it complicated but you can a little confusing for everybody <laughs> you can do a search and you'll find her and for those of you who are listening and can't see the things that i'm flashing up on the screen let's make sure you can spell it properly so it's colleen with two l's c-o-l-l-e-e-n oakley is o-a-k-l-e-y her website is colleenoakley.com and she is on all of those awesome social media sites. And she's a lot of fun, you guys. So you need to find her and hang out, which we've already made clear. So do you have anything else that you would like to tell us? Anything coming up that people might want to get in on or a newsletter you want people to sign up for or any of that stuff? Any of that would be great. If you go to my website or my Facebook page, I still have quite a few virtual and some in-person events so check it out and if you're if you're near any of the events i'm doing i would love to see you yeah absolutely so again website colleenoakley.com c-o-l-l-e-e-n-o-a-k-l-e-y.com the book is the invisible husband of frick island oh yes show us that lovely cover again oh and we do need to one more word about anders so there is a friendship that develops with mm-hmm. Anders and Anders is a whole nother character that is just, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away. So you need to know that <laughs> there's quirky characters. There's a little romance. There's some grief. There's a mystery. There's just like all kinds of fun stuff. So you do want to read this. If you haven't read it already, uh, the invisible husband of Frick Island by Colleen Oakley, Follow her, get on her newsletter so you don't miss out on the next awesome book. Colleen, thank you so much for being here today. 
This was so much fun. I appreciate it. It was just really lovely for me to get a chance to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Same, same here. All right. Take care. I will be back again next week with another guest. So make sure you tune in. Same time, same channel. And see you here. Uh, take care. Read some good books. Start with Colleen's. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.